Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now, who is the ruler of this world? Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer, he goes by many names. And notice, look at verse 11. Because the ruler of this world is already judged, not Satan will be judged. Y'all get that? When was Satan judged? When Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He conquered Satan's greatest weapon, death. The ruler of this world is judged. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring the world to the courtroom and he will bring a verdict and everyone will submit to it. And the verdict will stand. Point number five in our outline, the title of the sermon, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, part two, John chapter 16 saints. we pick up in verse five, John chapter 16, look at verse five. If you're looking at verse five, say I'm looking at it. But now Jesus says, I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart, Jesus said. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do, are y'all reading this with me? If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, Jesus says. However, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, for whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has our mind. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. Stop right there. Point number five in our outline, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. Look at verse 13 again. However, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The word guide, got a pen, means leading the way. It has the idea of a loving hand leading us to truth. Jesus said, don't you remember? John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth. Somebody help me. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, there are a lot of people, listen, today questioning the truth. Questioning truth. What is truth? Colleges. Do you know colleges across America? Uh, even after service today, um, this uh, one sister, she actually is a... Um, She's uh, uh, working in the field of physics. She's already graduated, got her master's or something, working in the field of physics. But she works at one of the major universities here in the Triangle. And she told me, uh, 
as I mentioned this first service, that colleges across America are teaching there is no truth. And she told me, I know that to be a fact because she works at one of the local colleges and the colleges today, do you understand the colleges that we are sending our children to are teaching them there is no truth or that truth is relative. In other words, truth is not always true. Uh, We hear a lot of people say today, well, this is my truth. That's a real common saying nowadays. This is my truth or I'm walking in my truth. Listen, we don't have individual truths. Truth is truth, singular. There is one. Listen, by virtue of the definition of the word, every one of us can't have the truth. Somebody in here got to be right. Now, in this time, it will be me. But (laughs) when you get your own pulpit, you can be right. And I will sit right there and say, yes, sir. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. There is only one truth, and that truth is Jesus. Am I right about it? That truth is Jesus. There are those who say truth is not always true. My question to them is, is that true? People say, well, there's no absolute truth. Well, is that absolutely true? People say truth is relative. Well, is that absolutely true or relatively true? You see, in a culture that we live in, people want to establish their own truth. Or people talk about situational truth. You ever heard of that? Or situational ethics. Situational truth or situational ethics. Have you heard of Fletcher's situation ethics? That means what is wrong or right just depends on the situation you're in. So again, college campuses are being inundated with the philosophy of Situational ethics, a medical ethics class at UCLA. Listen, true story. A medical ethics class at UCLA some years ago, uh, the students were asked, how would you advise this patient concerning pregnancy and the possibility of abortion? Here's the situation. The father has syphilis. The mother has tuberculosis. The first child was born blind and the second child died at childbirth. The third child is born deaf. The fourth child contracted tuberculosis and is presently suffering, and now the mom is pregnant again. The question was, what would you tell this patient to do? 70%, true story, 70% of the students said that they should abort the baby. And the professor informed the class, you have just aborted Beethoven. In other words, that was his family history. That's His family tree, that's what he came from. So what is truth? Truth, Jesus said, when the spirit comes, he will guide you in all truth. What is truth? Jesus is truth. Kenneth Wiest, talking about Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Kenneth Wiest, who is a Bible teacher from Moody Bible Institute, translated this verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I alone am the way, I alone am the truth, I alone am the light, life, I alone encounter distinction to all others am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. I think of John chapter 17 as Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and he said, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is what saints? Truth. The word sanctify, write it down, means to make holy. 
It means to make separate from sin. Now, how do you do that? By the truth of the word. It doesn't say thy word contains truth. Are y'all with me? It says the word is truth. The word of God is truth. It's the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. This book is the very words of truth. It doesn't listen to me. It doesn't contain truth. It is truth. And you don't have to look for truth in the Bible. Just open the book and anywhere and you'll get slapped in the face with total truth. The work of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. He doesn't drag us or push us. He guides us. You can read your Bible backward and forward, but unless the Spirit guides you in the truth, all your reading is in vain. But conversely, if you allow the Spirit of God to guide you in the truth, you'll find he's leading you into a deeper knowledge of the truth. And that truth is Jesus. A.W. Tozer wrote, when the Spirit illuminates the heart, then a part of the man sees which never saw before. Can I get a witness? A part of him knows which never knew before, and that kind of knowing of which the most acute thinker cannot imitate. He knows now in a deeper and authoritative way, and what he knows needs no reason proof. His experience of knowing is above reason, immediate, perfectly convincing, and inwardly satisfying. Point number six in our outline, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own authority. Look at the middle of verse 13. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Now, this is really important because you want to keep in mind the disciples didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is telling them, listen, fellas, you can have the confidence in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit won't just come up with his own message. He won't one day say, you know, I think I'll blow off the father and son thing and I got my own thing going on here. He won't do that. The Holy Spirit is delivering the same message as God the Father and God the Son. He won't give you some independent revelation of God. He will always be consistent with the Father and the Son. He will never misunderstand or misrepresent the Father and the Son. He will tell you the truth as he receives it from the Father and the Son. He never acts independently of the Trinity. And again, there's a perfect harmony in the triunity of God. He won't go off doing his own thing. In other words, the Holy Spirit isn't going to say something different than God. And God's not going to say something different than Jesus. And Jesus isn't going to say something different than the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a perfect unity. Y'all getting that? A perfect unity and harmony in the Trinity. The Spirit will not speak of his own. He won't seek to bring glory to himself. And again, this is important because they don't know anything about the Spirit. And, 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 and weird stuff could be happening in the name of the Spirit. Weird stuff, listen, happens every day or every Sunday in churches in the name of the Spirit. Weird stuff. And people don't want to come to church because weird stuff happens. You know, I was looking for a better word last week, all week, for weird stuff. If y'all were here, I mentioned weird stuff last week. And I, all week, I'm like, gosh, you got to be a better word for weird stuff. And, and I, I couldn't find one. Weird stuff happens in the churches in the name of the Spirit. Yeah, I come from a church where weird stuff happened. As a matter of fact, the church we came from, if weird stuff didn't happen, we felt like we didn't have church. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. If, I mean, 
weird stuff. And people dancing and doing the Blues Brothers and back off flips and dancing bears and da 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 swinging from the ceiling and dancing and falling out, being slain in the spirit, they say. And we talked about it last week. There's no such example of anyone being slain in the spirit in the scriptures. The only one slain in the spirit, if you were slain in the spirit in the scriptures, that you weren't getting up. Amen. There's no examples of that. Uh, people falling out and, uh, you know, you got the ladies with the white sheets. They come by when you fall out in the spirit of God, you know, touch them and they fall out and they, oh, and ladies come by. Yes, Jesus. Yes. And throws the sheet over them like that. And everybody, listen, the Bible says that the spirit is ordered. He does things decent and in order. Can I get a witness? And I think the reason for the weird stuff happening is a lack of biblical understanding. The Bible says where, where there's a lack of understanding, when the people perish for a what? A lack of knowledge. And the lack of understanding is causing the weird stuff in the church and people are blaming it on the church. And that's why some people don't want to come to church because the weird stuff makes you uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but the weird stuff makes me uncomfortable. So people are doing all kinds of stuff, and new people, they come to new church. They don't know. I've seen them do it here. They come to this church. Now, no weird stuff's going to happen. I promise you. But people come here, and they sit on the back row, and they sit, you know, sit close to the door. I don't blame them. I would, too. I'd sit close to the door, have my hand on my Bible like this. Yes, John chapter 60, and my hand on the door handle like this. Because if anything weird pop off, I got to get out quick. But they don't know. So it's a, it's, it's a bad example for the church. The Spirit does things decent in order. Yes, I believe in every gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about every single one of them. But I believe things should be done decent and in order. And yes, I was a part of the weird stuff. But the Bible says when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I did what child's children do. But now that I'm an adult and I know better, I do better. When you know better, you do better. Am I right about it? When you know better, you do better. So you put away childish things. The Spirit of God will never lead you contrary to the Word of God. Let's move forward, verse uh, number 7. The Holy Spirit tells us of things to come, verse 13. Things to come is a reference to the prophetic truth. All the prophecies in Scripture, prophecies concerning Israel, prophecies concerning destruction of Jerusalem, the rapture, the tribulation, the new kingdom, heaven, prophecies concerning signs of the last days. 1 Timothy 4, the Spirit speaks expressly in the last days. That some will depart from the faith. Second Timothy 4. Last days there will be perilous times and people will have itching ears. Itching ears means red hot ears. People will be, you know, like when you want to hear something new, you're like, hey, tell me something new. What, tell me something new. What, oh, yeah, what's going on new? If you notice, there's always something new going on in the church. Something new sweeping through the church. Every so many years, there's something new sweeping through the church. One year they had a... I remember it was the, the master's way or the touch of the master or something like that, the, whatever. And, and, and it was this Bible study thing that people, churches were doing, preachers were preaching it from the pulpits of America. And then after that blew over for a while, then Growing Kids God's Way came in. Anybody remember Growing Kids God's Way? Okay, that's like me and you and you. Okay, Growing Kids God's Way is this big 
course and study course and churches across the country. Pastors were teaching. So y'all don't know anything about that because you go to a Bible teaching church. So somebody came up to me one time. They said, Pastor Rodney, are you going to teach growing kids God's way? I said, uh, no. Oh, man, everybody's teaching growing kids God's way. Oh, it's such a blessing. Oh, growing kids God's way. is. What's it about? Oh, growing kids God's way. It's growing kids God's way. I'm like, you know, honestly, if you teach, if you teach kids this, you are growing kids God's way. <laughs> Why do I need a book from written by a man to tell me how to raise my children when a book that comes from God, 66 of them are right here, that tells me how to raise my children. I would rather trust God than trust man. No offense. No offense. But the Spirit is going to tell us things to come. The book of Revelation is loaded with things to come. Number eight, and finally, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus in verse 14. Now, we talked about this many, many times here at Calvary Chapel, haven't we? The job of the Holy Spirit is to put Jesus before our eyes and in our hearts. The job of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Christ and to make him shine. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to give Jesus his rightful place and to make him prominent in our lives. He has many different ways and different gifts that he uses to accomplish this, but the purpose is always the same, to glorify Jesus. Just like the Son glorifies the Father, the Spirit glorifies the Son. Did y'all hear me? Just like the Son glorifies the Father, the Spirit glorifies the Son. And whatever teaching you're listening to, if it does not glorify Jesus, that Spirit is not from God. I've told you, if you're leaving church and people are talking about the spirit, like I went to a church and people, when you leave, they're talking about the spirit. Oh, we had a good time in church. Did you feel the spirit? Oh, the spirit was high. That's real common. Oh, the spirit was high. Did you feel the spirit? Oh, he's all up my neck. Oh, I feel, oh, did you feel, oh, did you feel the spirit? Oh, did you feel the spirit? Oh, we had a good time in church. Oh, what y'all talk about? I don't know, but the spirit. Oh. Run, Forrest, run. Not good. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to cause us to worship Jesus. And we hear so much talk about being spirit-filled. Being spirit-filled. Do you understand that every Christian is spirit-filled? Every believer is spirit-filled. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we are to be ye, Ephesians, be ye being filled by the Holy Spirit. In other words, every single day you get up, Christian, I'm trying to help you listen. Every single day you get up, you say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. God, I'm here, fill me with, can I get a witness in here? God, God I'm here, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, every day. So we are filled with the Spirit, but every day we need more of the Spirit. Why? Because we leak. Amen. We leak. We leak. Now you I don't leak. Yeah, okay. Get out there on that 440 and let somebody cut you off and watch you leak. You be leaking all up and down the 440. Be following folk home leaking. Pull up and drive. You cut me off back there on Rock Quarry, man. You leaking. You need to be. Now the next morning, you need a double dose of being refilled. Because you is all gone now. 
But we need the Spirit of God to fill us. Every single one of us is filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let anybody tell you that you need to buy your filling. It's very common. You give so seed for your need, and God's going to fill you. Sow your seed, and God's going to answer your prayer. Sow your seed, and God's going to financially bless you. Sow your seed, and God's going to work holiness in your life, and all this kind of nonsense. You cannot buy the things of the Spirit, point blank, period. You cannot. You cannot. You are as filled as you are going to be. And then you go to God and say, Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. The test, listen, of a spirit-filled believer or a church is you ask these questions. Is Jesus the main focus? Is Jesus the main attraction in the church? Is Jesus the main event? The test of a spirit-filled church is not an emphasis on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's emphasis is on Jesus, John 16, 4, we just read it. John 14, 26, he will bring you to remembrance all that I, I said to you. He, the Spirit, will bring you to remembrance all that I, Jesus, said to you. John 15, 26, and he will testify of me. All references to the Holy Spirit glorifying Jesus. The Spirit-filled church is a Jesus-focused church. Huh? The Spirit-filled church is a Jesus-focused church. And that's what we want to be, a Jesus-focused church. Because look at verse 14 again, and I'm coming in for a landing. He will glorify me, for he will not, he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. The job of the Holy Spirit is to push you to Jesus, cause you to worship Jesus. You should be walking out this church saying, man, what, man, the Lord was awesome. God touched me. God said something to me. God spoke to me. We worship Jesus. Worship was wonderful as we worship the Lord. That's the kind of conversation should be heard as you walk out, not glorifying the spirit. Somebody asked me, was it wrong to glorify the spirit? And I had to think about that for a second. I had to really think about it. And I would say, um, yes. I would say yes. Because the Spirit glorifies the Son. That's clear. Now, my mind wants to tell me different because of my background. Hmm. We have to come to church with a clean slate saying, Lord, whatever you want to say, say it. And Lord, if I need to be relearned in some things, amen. If I need to be relearned in some things, then learn me in some things and teach me what I need to know. And let me get rid of the old junk that I learned that wasn't of you. And let me learn what is of you. The Bible says the spirit of God glorifies Jesus. That's his Point. That's why he's in the world. That's his effect on our lives is that we are to focus on Jesus. A spirit-filled church, a spirit-filled believer is a Jesus-focused church and a Jesus-focused believer. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Eight points concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent as a helper. 
The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts of righteousness. The Holy Spirit convicts of judgment. The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own authority. The Holy Spirit tells us of things to come, and the Spirit will glorify Jesus. So what happens now? Now that we understand that the Spirit is a person, now that we understand that he is also God, the third person of the Godhead, now that we understand that he has personality traits and, 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 and he has a will and emotions, now that we understand these things, what are we to do now? What's next? Well, I think next is that we need to understand the Holy Spirit's relationship to us as believers. Next time we gather together, we'll talk about regeneration and being saved and having the presence of the Spirit of God in us. We'll talk about that next time. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.